There are three ways to stop limiting God and yourself. Change your thoughts, change your beliefs, and change your actions. I'm inviting you here on Take the Limits Off Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Right here on Boss Up Houston Network, we serve an unlimited God. Don't you think it's time we take the limits off? Good evening. It is Friday night and you know what time it is. Even though we're a little delayed today, we had some technical difficulties, but this is Take the Limits Off. Hi, good evening. My name is Trisha Kyle and I'm so glad that you chose to join me today, this evening. And man, I've got an amazing guest with me today. But before we do that, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping here. Um, we want you to join in to Boss Up Houston Network. Man, we've got amazing content here and we thank God that we've got a platform uh, on Boss Up Houston Network. Don't forget to join us this Sunday. We're going to be doing the Empowerment Telethon. Um, we hope that you uh, tune in. You can check us out live on Facebook as well as on YouTube. And why don't you stop by and take a look at some of the amazing content. You can like the page and you can get those notifications every time a new show is coming on. So that way you don't miss a thing. So this is Take the Limits Off again. My name is Trisha Kyle and this is where a place where we hope our goal is to inspire, encourage, and hopefully empower you to take the limits off of God and yourself, your perceptions. And how do we do that? How do we take the limits off? Well, we do that by doing three things. We change our thoughts we change our beliefs and then in changing our thoughts and beliefs hopefully we are changing our actions so I'm again I'm so glad to have you join us today and today I've got a very special gentleman here I'm so glad to have him his name is Dr. Charles Babers Dr. Charles Babers bless your heart because I can hear you shouting. Um, so we're feeding the audio in through our speakerphone, but I know that you guys can see him. He's an amazing guy. I see him right there. Hey, Dr. Charles Babers, God bless you. <laughs> bless you too, uh, Tricia. Amen. Glad to be on tonight. Amen. So today uh, we have titled the show, this is episode six of Take the Limits Off. And the title of it is really appropriate because we're going to dig into some things. And I thank God that you've agreed to come back periodically throughout the year. Um, and we're going to tackle some subjects that are um, kind of happening in our church some things that are happening um, right now. And we're going to find out what God's word says about these things. So the title of this series is going to be, I have decided to follow Jesus. Dr. Babers, I would love it if you could tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you've been doing, what's happening, who are you, man? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm usually very comfortable talking about myself, but I will. Amen. Uh, from a really small little town in East Central Texas, um, probably about 2,000 people when I was growing up here. Um, it was one of those towns where not much going on, very sleepy little Texas town. Um, I left there after high school, went to college in New York, uh, spent some time in the military as a uh, commissioned officer, uh, got out of the military, started working, uh, in the corporate world, uh, and that's where I am now. But I'm also, I was uh, licensed as a uh, 
a minister back in 1976, long time ago, <laughs> at age 16. Uh, yeah. And I've been a minister since then. Uh, and right now I'm uh, an elder at a church here in El Paso. I started off uh, as in a, a Baptist church there in East Texas. Right now I'm in a uh, non-denominational church. But we're all children of God. Jesus is our big brother and the head of the church. So uh, to me, it makes no difference what we call ourselves as long as we call ourselves children of Christ. Amen. And sons and daughters of God. Um, and I'm also, the other thing that I do a lot, besides being a, a parent and a husband, is I do a, a good bit of writing in mm. uh, different areas primarily. One is my professional area. And I, was, I went to school and got a degree as an engineer. And so I do some uh, technical writing in an area called enterprise architecture. That's about uh, making companies more efficient at what they do and doing it better, faster, easier. And then I also write a lot. My my biggest area of writing is uh, I try to expound on the scriptures. Amen. So I've got several uh, books available right now where I talk about what the scriptures say and expand upon them and provide commentary to make them easier. That to me is what my mission is. In life from God is to help people understand what his word says and what it means to them. So that's me. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Um, so you agreed to come on and, and you and I have had um, some really interesting conversations um, since last year. Um, and we've talked about some issues that are affecting the church right now. And, and I love what you said to me when you and I were talking and you said, well, you know, the church from its inception um, from Jesus was perfect. Um, why don't you expound on that so that they can hear exactly what it was that you were telling me? Because it was um, we tend to look at things from a particular slant. But uh, if you don't mind expounding on that. For me. Sure, sure. Yeah, the, the church, as, as Jesus created it, he didn't create it perfect. Yeah. He established what it was to be. He established this mission. He even established this structure. Yes. Uh, over in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about him establishing what we sometimes call the fivefold ministry right. as the structure of the church. Right. And then even further over in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the body of Christ and all the different parts. And when he created it, he created it the way he wanted it to be. The problem is that he created it and filled it with imperfect humans. Right. So that's the issue that we tend to run into these days within the church, is that even though the institution itself is perfect, the yes. people that are part of that institution are not. Right. And so we bring into that perfect institution our own... Uh, frailties, our biases, our opinions, right. our thoughts, and we often try to overlay those and we make them more important than what the church was supposed to be. We make uh, our own ideas uh, of more important than the ideas that Jesus is trying to get us to pass on to the world. So right. That's really where I see the difficulty in the church right now, in a, a large part, is that we all have our own 
ideas and biases and opinions. And unfortunately, we often make them more important than the words that Jesus has given us in his word. You and I had this uh, conversation and we were talking about God's word versus our perception or our understanding um, of it. And unfortunately, like what you said, with our own biases and our own personal preferences and the way that, you know, we've been taught and reared, um, a lot of times we can take the scripture of God and just shift it just slightly and make it become something that it was never intended to be so um and this is the biggest issue that we find in church when it comes to race when it comes to gender when it comes to beliefs um and it it's more of it becomes more of a a, like a religion as opposed to a relationship now we've got all these rules that that we are to follow but as we go from church to church we see that doesn't necessarily hold true like every church every denomination has their own system of beliefs now the core belief is that jesus is our lord and savior and he died for our sins but in in uh, outside of that it's left for so much interpretation and a lot of time that interpretation comes from our own um issues on the inside Uh, you know have you ever heard people preach their issues from the pulpit Oh, absolutely. It happens all the time. I would say that uh, it happens every service, not necessarily every service in a single church, but I would be willing to, to bet that somewhere every Sunday there are people that are preaching their own opinion versus the Word. Versus that, the Word of God. That's true. But there were a couple of things that you said just now that I just wanted to touch on real quick. Mm-hmm. You talked about interpreting the Bible. And that's really one of the worst things that we as Christians can do. Mm-hmm. I say that because Scripture itself says that the only one who interprets Scripture is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, right. But we ourselves feel that we have the right to interpret Scripture, yeah. and we interpret it always. We interpret it based on our own body. And, right. and we can't help but do that when we're interpreting ourselves. Right. So the only way we get away from biased interpretation is to not try to interpret it, to allow the Holy Spirit to interpret it for us. Because as soon as we start looking at it, trying to figure out on our own what it means, we are guaranteed that our biases are going to slip in and change the Word of God and twist it around to make it match our own ideas. Right. And, and the second thing that you talked about, you talked about the word denomination. And that's an interesting word. And the reason that's interesting is you have to break it up into its parts to understand what it's really saying to us. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's really an evil term if you think about it and understand the word origins. Because to denominate means to name something. Mm. Denominate means name. And to denominate means to divide or separate. Right. So when we create a denomination, we are dividing ourselves, right. separating ourselves based on a name. Right. Not based on the word, but based right. on a name. Right. And so when I call myself a Baptist and you call yourselves uh, let's say a Pentecostal, 
we've now separated ourselves when the only name that we should be worried about is not Baptist or Pentecostal or Catholic or Church of Jesus Christ, the Church of uh, God in Christ. The only name we should worry about is Jesus. Right. You said something right before um, uh, you expounded, uh, and I want to put a pin in this. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but you said the only way uh, that we should not be interpreting God's word and the only way that God's word can be interpreted is through the Holy Spirit. And so um, I wanted to ask a question for the viewers, uh, for people who may be watching live right now or, or take a look at our rebroadcast. How can the Holy Spirit interpret the word of God for people on an individual basis. You know, we always are supposed to go back when you um, are given a sermon or there's a teaching, the word tells us that we have to study to show ourselves approved, right? Rightly dividing God's word, but we've got to go back and go look at it for ourselves. And how do we allow the Holy Spirit to give us a deeper understanding into God's word. So when we come back from the uh, commercial break, would you mind kind of expounding on that and talking about that Absolutely. a little bit? Sure. Amen. Well, thank you so much for watching us. This is uh, Take the Limits Off. My name is Trisha Collin. We do have Dr. Charles Babers. He is here. I know you can see him um, streaming with us today and you're hearing him through um, the speakerphone. That's the best way that we could get the audio working today. So if it sounds a little funny, that's the reason why. But anyway, we're about to take a quick commercial break. I know there's going to be some great content that you're going to see. Make sure that you turn into that programming as well. Give us about three minutes and we'll be right back with you live. Thank you. Our new house is amazing. Great street, huge yard. There is a bit of an issue with our neighbor's fencing. At least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy. Which helps us save even more. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Peter. Touche. What? For bundling made easy, go to geico.com. If you like this video, please share it. And hit the subscribe button to watch more great Geico videos. If you... Hey, guys, can you please watch the begonias? Just planted those. Sorry. Hi. My name is Tanae, and I'm the owner of the Announcement Beauty Bar. Hi, welcome to the Announcement Beauty Bar. Essence, come on, follow me. Here at the Announcement Beauty Bar, we offer micro shading, eyelash extensions, and brow waxing. Please join us August 14th, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. for our grand opening located at 9950 West Park Drive. Make sure you stop by to get browsed that wild.
Meridate, Houston's first private social club for couples. Hello, I'm Larry. And I'm Denise. And, and we, we are, are the Scots. Denise and I have been married for almost a year now, and it has been a thrill. Yes, it has. We are always honeymooning and always on the go, doing something as a couple. And that's what I love about my wife, Denise. She is full of energy, she's full of excitement, and she is full of love. And I love you for allowing me to shine my love in your life, and I'm super ready to share a lifetime of memory with you. She's my wife. He's my husband. She's my friend. He's my friend. She's my everything. He's my everything. She's my queen. He's my king. She's my lifetime. He's my lifetime. This is what makes a happy marriage. And we both believe what God put together. No one can ever tear apart. Join Meridate today by visiting www.meridate.com. Our new house is amazing. Great street, huge yard. There is a bit of an issue with our neighbor's fencing. Hey man, thank you so much. We're so glad that you came back, that you stayed in tune. I hope you got a chance to take a look at some of uh, the the things that we offer here at Boss Up Houston Network. I saw Mary Date. I also saw the Beauty Bar. Um, it has happens to be located right here where the studios are. So make sure you check all of that out. We got some great stuff here. Um, my name is Trisha. And this is Take the Limits Off. And we are back here with Dr. Charles Babers. And right before the break, we were talking about the Holy Spirit interpreting and allowing the Holy Spirit to interpret God's word um, in a deeper way so that we can have a deeper understanding into who God is and what God is saying to us. So Dr. Charles Babers, I asked for you if you could kind of shed light on that and, and hopefully maybe lead someone who's got questions on, is God speaking right now? How can the Holy Spirit, um, I, I've never had the Holy Spirit interpret anything for me, or maybe it's just been a hit and miss um, so how can we do that, Dr. Charles Babers? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to go into your study of the scriptures with the intention of not, one, trying to figure out what it says, but two, asking God to reveal to you what yeah. it says. That's the, the first step. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is simply ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand what the words mean. And if you ask him, uh, Jesus said, anything you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. So just ask him in Jesus' name to, to help you understand it, and he will give you that interpretation. Because he's waiting for us, he's looking for us, he wants us to know him better. He's desiring that we reach out. But uh, the Holy Spirit, we say, is there's a that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't do anything unless you ask him to. Right. But anything that you ask him in Jesus' name, he's going to give to you. That's the wisdom, the understanding, the, the deep secret things of God. Yes. He wants you to know them. He put them there for you to understand. Yes. But he also gives them away from the world because he doesn't want the world to get the benefits that he set aside for his children. So he wants us to ask them for them, just like a child coming to a parent and asking them for something. That parent wants the, the children to get the best, right. but he wants them to get it the right way. Right. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to have those things as well. And so all we have to do, bottom line again, is don't go into the study trying to figure it out for yourself, but go into it with the attitude that I want God to reveal to me 
is hidden truths and in secrets and ask him and he will give you what you ask for. I think uh, a lot of times when we go into God's word, we try to use our intellect and our understanding to to um, decipher what it is that God is saying. And you're saying that it's just as simple as simply when you get into the word of God, asking God to reveal his word to us. And and I really do want people to know that that it is possible to have a very deep and meaningful relationship with the Father. A lot of times, and as I uh, mentioned to you, that a lot of times we think of God as being afar off away from us, but God desires an intimate um, connection, an intimate relationship with his children, not just from a, a God far away looking down on us. He wants to speak to us, and he wants us to also um have relationship and communion with him. How long have you um, had a, in the beginning when you were uh, leaning into the Lord and you were called into ministry, did you understand that concept of having a deep and meaningful, intimate relationship with God yourself? Absolutely not. I will tell you that yeah. um, for the first probably 20 years of my ministry, yeah. I really don't think that I understood anything that I understand now. And but I tell people nowadays, now that I've got the greater understanding, I still know that there's so much more that I need to learn. Right. I mean, I have right now a, a PhD in biblical studies, and a lot of people say, wow. But I tell them, remember, that's a, a PhD in studies. I'm PhD in biblical knowledge. I'm still always learning. Right. And so all my PhD says is that I know how to learn it. It doesn't mean that I know it all. That you and know I also it. Tell yeah. That revelation is continuous and evolutionary. Yes. You will always get more if you seek more and ask for more. You will never run out of the, the word and what God wants to pour into you. As long as you're sincere and reaching and looking for it, it will continue to reach up back and pour more in. I mean, you can mm-hmm. look at the same scripture yeah. over your lifetime. Yes. And when you're 18, it means one thing. Yep. When you turn 50, that same verse may mean something totally different. Amen. And you'll look at it and say, Why, how did I misinterpret that? <laughs> and the truth is, you didn't necessarily misinterpret it. Right. It was the interpretation that you needed at, at that, that time in your life. Yes. That's the wonderful thing about the word. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Ask, seek, and knock. Isn't that amazing? I, I think, too, in, um, and I've been in leadership since I was 19 years old in the church, and I didn't understand the concept of communion with God, of an intimate relationship, of asking God and then sitting and waiting for his response, not just for the answer for the prayer. I'm looking for his response. And when I get his response, you know, um, when I see prayer, prayer to me is not just what I'm saying to him, but it's allowing him to also speak to me and, um, and be willing to just sit there in that space and wait on 
God, wait to hear his leading and his guiding. In John 10, it tells us that we are a sheep and that we hear his voice. He knows us and we, we follow him. We know his voice. He knows us and we follow him, which means that he's speaking to us and he doesn't want us to hear someone else's voice over ours. That's why it's so important to begin to discern the voice of God and not a place of our own understanding or interpretation of what God is saying. And, and like we said before, this is what gets the church in, in trouble, not the church as Jesus, as the inception, but the, in the state that we are in right now, you and I've had conversations about the, um, the racial divide. Um, and, and if, the word is true and the word is true that God is love. And if God tells us that we're to love him with a whole heart and a whole mind and everything that's within us to love him, but also love our neighbor like we love ourselves, then where is the love? Uh, and you sent me something and, and I do want to talk about you being an author as well, but you sent me something and, and it, it kind of was the basis for the racial divide as far as the teaching and what allowed certain behaviors to continue on, even within the church, people that say that they love the Lord and they understand that God is love. Can you expound on that for me, doctor? Yeah, what I sent you was, was a little something that I put together. Yeah, and, and it's really, again, it's just expounding it. On that's already in scripture. It's not a new movie. Right. It's what's in the word. Right. But it talks about the situation all the way back in the book of Genesis. Uh, it's actually in the, we're talking about stuff in the ninth chapter of Genesis. Right. And that's right after the great flood and after Noah and his wife and his three sons and, and their three wives came out of the ark. And, uh, most people consider those three sons to be the origin of what we call the three races. Right. When actual, in actual fact, there's really only one human race. Right. But we come in different colors. Right. And so we divide ourselves um, unnecessarily into races based on the color of our skin. Right. And so those three sons are often considered to be the, the origin of those three races that we divide ourselves in. The black man, the white man, and the brown or yellow or red man. Mm -hmm. they're, they're all kind of lumped together. It's neither mm -hmm. black nor white. Mm -hmm. uh, but something happened during uh, that early period of time after the flood where it said that Noah planted a vineyard, grew okay. grapes, uh, made some wine, drank a little bit too much of it and got a little bit tipsy, mm -hmm. went into his tent and uh, fell asleep. Unclothed. Hmm. And one of his sons, specifically his son Am, mm -hmm. who by the way was is considered to be the father of all black peoples, he came into the tent and he saw his father laying there naked. Then he went out and he told his brothers about it, basically uh, making fun of his father. His two brothers then, uh, understanding what was going on and not wanting to embarrass their father further, they walked in backwards and covered him up. And then when Noah woke up, it says that he spoke a curse on Canaan. Mm, yes. Now, what does Canaan have to do with it? It's because Canaan is the son of Adam. Right. So, and, and based on that scripture that uh, Noah spoke a curse 
on Canaan, the son of the first black man, many people have claimed that the Bible says that black people are cursed. Right. But that is not true. And, right. and the reason I, I, I know it's not true is because Ham didn't just have one son. Right. He had four. And only the youngest of those four was the one who was cursed. And uh, I don't know how, how deep you want to go into that, but the bottom line is that over the centuries, many people have pointed to those verses as justification for their own uh, racism and their own mistreatment of black people, when that's really not what the scripture talks about. Right. It, it really talks about more than anything else an evolution of the, I guess, position of power in the world. Because if you read those scriptures closely, not just those scriptures, but the, the chapter that follows, what you'll see is that even though uh, Noah spoke a curse on Canaan, that it was actually uh, Ham and his brothers who really were ascendant in the earth in the beginning. They they were the ones who were in power. They were the ones who built the city of, ba- of Babel. They built Babylon. They were... Uh, the creators of the first societies, they were the first kings, and they were the ones who were in charge of the world in the beginning. And then it passed next to another group of people, those being the sons of Shem, the Semites, and they were the the non-whites who came to ascendance after them. And then it passed on to Japheth, the white son, and that's the age that we're in now. Right. And you see that in those verses that it really doesn't say that Ham is first. It says that after his time, he will be a servant to the other ones. Mm-hmm. But again, people have used that to say that black people are and will be forever cursed. And there are even religions that say that black people, because of that, can't get in there. And it's a total uh, misinterpretation of Scripture. We're back to that word interpreting Right. When we read it in our own biases, we can see things like that and use scripture to justify what to justify. we're doing even though it's wrong. Right. And that's, it's a real dangerous place to be in. I've, I know that I've watched that um, throughout my um, my time in church, how we will use scripture to justify actions um, and, and, and back up our wrong say, see, this is what the word says. And so then they're in, in their mind completely exonerated and yet teaching that this is the way that it should be and that it should continue on. We've watched the church um, be so divided. And in, in these times, I, I've got to tell you that there was, I expected more um, from the church and got exactly what we have been seeing um, you said something, you and I had this conversation, and um, you were saying that um, what was Jesus's stance on people being mistreated, um, and um, how would he have felt about that? Let me let me dig into that first before I go further. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the, the part of the discussion you're talking about is I was saying that when we see people being mistreated, right. we have to look at that and we have to consider what would have been Jesus' response to it. 
it's not the trite, uh, I guess, easily stated but meaningless phrase that came up a few years ago that people still talk about. You still hear sometimes the WWJD, what would Jesus do? We try to make yeah. ourselves feel comfortable because we have that. We, we put it on bumper stickers and we have it on bracelets and everything. But we really don't believe it. And we don't even try to understand what it means. Right. But when Jesus saw people being mistreated, he always confronted the mistreatment. And he focused on it as opposed to focusing on, let's say he focused on the action, not necessarily always on the feeling. Because right. we can get bogged down in feelings sometimes. Right. We can get bogged down in, in opinion and thinking that we're doing something good for someone when we're really not, when we try to, I guess, assuage their fears or their concerns or try not to hurt their feelings. Sometimes feelings have to be hurt. Right. Because they're the wrong feelings. Right. And they lead to wrong actions. Right. But that's what Jesus would always do. He would always get directly to the issue, address the issue, confront it, and then tell them, okay, now go on Move on and don't sin anymore. Don't sin anymore. Right. Yeah, you said something. Um, I believe that, you know, we have feelings, uh, and that's where um, compassion comes in and love comes in. That's how we have empathy for, you know, people. We're never meant to be governed by our emotions, our feelings. Um, they will lead us astray. And, and so I know that even in my own personal life, when I feel overwhelmed emotionally, this is the time for me to sit back and just really be quiet and allow the Lord to give me peace and still me so that I can clearly hear his direction and his guidance. Um, you had, uh, we talked about this. Do you feel that the church, now this is your opinion, I'm asking your opinion now, that um, we know that when Jesus saw injustices, he spoke out about the injustice. Um, should the church be doing more when it comes to racism, um, period? Should the church be more um, visible and standing out against mistreatment um, and certainly um, when it comes to this subject right here, to systemic racism and, and people acting as if this thing never existed, it's, it's, a, it's a fad, it's just a, it's a catchphrase. Should the church be more visible? Should the church um, be doing something in uh, right now? Well, again, if there is an issue with uh, evil in the world, which right. there is, Right. If there is a specific issue with racism, which there is, yes. and if our job is to bring light to the world, which it is, then the church should, in fact, be doing something about it. Now, what that is, I can't tell you if there's a single answer. Right. There's lots of things that we should be doing. But the, the, the core answer to your question is, bottom line is, yes, we should be doing more than we're doing because we're really not doing a lot. Right we're not doing anything. Yeah, we really aren't doing anything. And I think it takes um, all of us. Um, there certainly there is a a, um, a responsibility here. And we see that buck being passed all over the place. And that's why what we talked about earlier with actually asking the Lord 
and waiting on the answer um, and getting in touch with with God and finding out what his instructions are. A lot of times we go off half cock doing um, what we think we ought to be doing, but we really have got to uh, learn how to hear the voice of God, but we ought to be doing something. This is not something that obviously is going away. It hasn't gone away. Um, it continues to happen and it's a wrong that needs to be um, corrected. So we definitely need to find out what it is that God is saying about this. We're going to take a really quick break. Dr. Charles Babers, I thank you so much for um, staying with us. Give us three minutes. We're going to be right back. We're going to have some more from him. And certainly uh, we want you to um, take a look at some of the things that he's written. He's written some amazing things. And we want to make sure that you have all of those websites, ways that you can get in contact with him as well. So um, stay put. We'll be right back in about three minutes. Thank you so much. watching a great show on Boss Up Houston Network. Have you heard? They're bossing up, okay? And I heard they're looking for you. Any podcasters, talk show hosts, if you're a writer or producer, we definitely need you. Come aboard and boss up. Are you a small business owner that is struggling to promote your company? Our topic today is what's your status? Shoot the dice at this point. Shoot the dice, roll the dice. So... Hey, how y'all doing? It's attorneys. Imagine being televised on a national platform. How about being a host or sponsor on a syndicated podcast? Or being featured on exclusive promotions and interview for your product to your ideal customer? Hi, I'm Kayla Sneed, and I'm head of sales with Boss Up Houston. And here at Boss Up, we like to help small business owners and entrepreneurs advertise, promote, or become a sponsor for one of our television, podcasts, or radio shows. All you have to do is click the link down below to see if you qualify. I'll be seeing you soon. This is Boss Up Houston, where we look up, stay up, and boss up. Boss up, you see, you know why? <laughs>
Hey, thank you so much for coming back with us. My name is Trisha and this is Take the Limits Off. We are right here on Boss Up Houston Network. Amen. So, you know, you can catch us uh, if you friend the page, the Facebook page, as well as the YouTube page. You can get notifications on all of the content that's uh, going to be going live and any reruns or anything that we've got going on we you can find it there on the facebook page as well as our youtube page remember boss of houston network don't uh, uh miss this sunday the brand new kickoff of boss up inspiration that's a brand new division for boss up houston network boss up inspiration ah it's all things inspiration. So join us this um, Sunday. We're going to be having our empowerment telethon, and that is going to be from 12 until 7 p.m. And then every single Sunday, you can catch amazing content on Boss Up Inspiration, where we look to inspire you. Come get encouraged. Come be inspired. Um, so definitely check that out. And of course, you can always catch me every single Friday. We usually go live at 8 p.m. from 8 until 9 p.m. and we usually bring you guests we want to dig into some uh, topics and also want to inspire you to walk into your greatness listen I do believe with everything that's on the inside of me that you are predestined for something you were purposed for something you're not just a happenstance or an accident there's no accidents or uh, coincidences you are here designed for a purpose so wouldn't it be amazing if you could discover what that purpose is what God has um, for you to do and know that God has equipped you to do the things that he has called for you to do so when we bring people on it's all with the hopes of inspiring you to walk into your greatness today we've got Dr. Charles Babers and let me tell you something he's been walking in some greatness he is an author he actually helps did you giggle did you giggle Dr. Baby, yes, I, <laughs> I heard a noise. I don't know what that noise was, but uh, I heard a little something. But he's walking in his greatness. He may say because he's a very humble man that you know it's God that is great, and certainly God is great. But there are some things that God has put on the inside of you, and we know that God gives us gifts and abilities and talents. But it's all to point the way to who God is and to encourage people to have their own relationship with God. Am I right about that? To glorify him? Absolutely. 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 Amen. Now you said during the commercial break that you wanted to tap into something and we had talked about feelings. So go ahead and dig in, sir. Well, before I jump into that, you just said something that, uh, we were talking about uh, purpose and destiny and all of those things. Mm -hmm. That's a topic that I really, uh, since I agreed to come back periodically, that's one of the things that uh, on a, a future show I, I really want to dig into. Amen. Because to me, that's an important thing. Yes, it is. It's critical. Yes, it is. what it is that God has created you to be. Because he created every one of us to be something. Be something. He didn't create anybody without a purpose. He didn't create right. anybody without something great placed within them. Amen. And our, one of our main jobs here on the earth is try to figure out what is that gift that God placed in it? me? What does he want me to do with it? But that's for a future discussion. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> earlier we were talking about feelings, and I just wanted to dig into that a little bit. All right. Now, 
Now, one thing that uh, I want people to know about me is I'm a big science fan. Yes, he is. I love science. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big science fiction fan. Ooh, me too. I'm a, a Trekkie. I love Trekkie. Star Trek. And my favorite Star Trek character is Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock, I was going to say. And if anybody knows anything about Star Trek, Mr. Spock is from a, uh, a, a, the planet Vulcan. He, he's the Vulcan himself. Right. And the one thing that uh, is most misunderstood about Vulcans is most people think that Vulcans have no emotions. Not true. Because they don't display their emotions. Right. They're governed by logic. Right. So what does that have to do with feeling? The, uh, what it has to do with feeling is that Vulcans are really very uh, passionate uh, race of people. They have very strong passions. And the reason that they turned to logic was because their passions, their feelings, almost destroyed them as a race. Right. I remember that. So, so they turned away from that and they decided that they would go towards logic, logic. instead. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying that we as Christians should focus on logic. But what it does mean that I'm saying is that we should focus on the word and focus on the deed and not necessarily the feeling that's behind it. Now, we can have compassion all day long. Mm-hmm. We can feel sorry for people. We can feel happy with people. We can rejoice with people right. and do and have all of those things. But in the end, what's important is not what the way people feel, but what they do. Right. And so if it's a choice between making somebody feel good or hurting their feelings and saving their soul, then we as a church have a responsibility to save the soul, right. not save the feeling. And, and so I just thought that that was something that we needed to touch on since we were talking about feeling earlier. And I'm, I guess uh, I used to be called Mr. Spock when I was in high school, not in high school, elementary school, because I was a very, I guess, logical person. But I'm also a very passionate person as well. I will tell you that I can't watch some movies without tearing up. Now, you won't necessarily know it, but uh, because I won't necessarily show it outwardly, but I'm a very passionate person. But I'm also a person that knows that how I feel is not so important as what I do. And that's what Jesus is concerned about, is about what we do. Because he wants all of us to be with him one day, and not be cast aside because somebody I appreciate that. Um, I will say that I'm a slight Trekkie, but I do um, right now I am judging your choice of uh, uh, sci-fi preferable movies or series because I'm uh, more of a Star Wars kind of a girl, but uh, amen. Apples to apples, oranges to oranges, it's all the same. But no, I get the, the I get the, and I do remember that Spock, um, they used to fight a lot, right? Um, and, and they put aside that because they were very feisty, a very a feisty group of people, a very feisty race of people. Um, and they did have to learn how to suppress 
those um, emotions and begin to think more logically, be analytical in their thought process versus emotional. So I got, I got that. That's, that was really good. However, I, I wish we could have used Star Wars instead, but that's okay. It's okay. There, and you're right. And you're right. And I was gonna, I was actually waiting whenever you said that your favorite character was drum roll, please. I was waiting to see what your favorite character was going to be. But yeah, Mr. Spock, I, I completely understand that. But um, I want to dance right back to what we were talking about as far as the purpose. You know, again, the entire purpose of Take the Limits Off is to inspire people to discover the gifts and talents that God has equipped them with and to discover, to tap into that purpose. Because again, you are not... Um, uh, how do I want to word this? Um, we're not special in the fact that there's a calling that's on our life. There is a calling and a purpose designed for each and every one of us. And Absolutely. I want to, this show, the entire inception of this show was to inspire people to tap into that greatness, the greatness that God put on the inside of each and every one of us. There's something and he's equipped us with exactly what it is that we need to walk in the calling. Now, certainly we've always got to be led by God um, in that and not we're not running ourselves. If you understand what I'm saying, that we always need to be checking in with the Father since he designed us, he created us, he purposed us, he equipped us, then I think it's it's uh, pretty important that we stay connected with our creator and find out is specifically what it is that he wants us to do. But that's the entire purpose of the show. So when we bring people on, we're bringing people on that um, have tapped into that, maybe not to the fullest extent, um, and that's going to vary from guest to guest. I do believe that you've tapped in quite well, sir. Um, and I thank you so much for coming on the show and being willing to talk about this topic. Um, and we're going to be digging in, and I'm glad that you uh, have also accepted to come on um, periodically. Um, and we're going to dispel some misconceptions about God's word and find out exactly what it is that um, Jesus is saying. What would you say? There's lots of misconceptions about the word, absolutely. There's tons of them, and so we want to tackle them. But today, as we were talking about the um, injustices that are happening um, in this country and around the world, all in the name of Jesus and the word of God when it comes to race and inequality and, and those really deep-seated um injustices. Um, this is something that I'm so glad that you decided to come on and, and let's talk about this a little bit and the, how that let the church needs to be the church. And there's, there is a responsibility, um, that we have and we can't judge the person, but certainly we can judge the deed. We can judge, um, and, and we should be, and um, we should be tapping into the Lord to find out what it is that we need to be doing because there is something that more that needs to be done because we're not doing enough in this. So that's my cry. That's my prayer that um, we begin to tap into what God is saying in this and begin to move in that direction and understand that am I my brother's keeper? You better believe it. 
Yes, I am. And so in that we bear responsibility. You said um, we're not going to spare the feelings. We want to spare, save the life. Is that what you said? How did you say it? Because that was eloquent. Yeah. What we did want to save the soul. Not spare the feelings. Not spare the feelings. Thank you. Dr. Charles Babers, um, in case um, someone wants to get in contact with you or um, to buy some of your books. Listen, this man is a writer. Like, not a... How many books have you written, sir? Uh, I remember the last count. It's somewhere around 55, I believe. 55. 55 or 56 books. And what you um, really are focusing on right now is the Word of God and your study oh, in that and illuminating the scriptures for people. I know that you also write content and like um, study guides for um, like Sunday school teachers or youth pastors, youth teachers um, to help lead and guide youth in. Um, uh, in their teaching. So can you tell me some of the books that you have that you've designed specifically for um, adults teaching young people? Well, yeah, well, uh, I've created a, uh, a curriculum. I call it Journey Through God's Word. And uh, it actually covers the whole Bible, from so the book of Genesis all the way through Revelation. It's uh, 400 plus lessons wow. uh, on, essentially on every book. Uh, some have more lessons than others, but uh, the, the idea is that I knew when I was growing up, there were certain stories that you learned, but that was it. That's all I, I heard about. And you get the same stuff over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But uh, my objective there was to equip those young students starting at about age five until they got to uh, about the middle of their teen years when they were ready to go in and sit with the adults and equip them to be able to, when they sat there and they were sitting with their parents, they weren't doing like I was doing when I was younger and, and playing around in, in service, <laughs> not understanding what the pastor was saying. Right. But uh, the lessons are, are designed to teach them in a way that they can understand what it is that's in the scriptures so that they're equipped to understand what the, the Pastors digs into those deep concepts. And, and so the lessons, again, there's 400 of them. Uh, the way we teach them here in my church is we teach them twice a week. And so it actually takes over four years to get through from Genesis to Revelation. Wow. And uh, we just recently, this year, started again in Genesis. We're in Exodus now, talking about the Ten Commandments. But uh, the lessons are designed to touch on all the different uh, learning styles that, uh, that the kids have. Some people are visual learners, some are audible learners, some are active learners, some are logical learners. And so the lessons have things in them that touch on all of those. And so and the, the idea of the lesson is to have a rotation to where a, a student is only in, in one location doing one of those methods for about 15, 20 minutes then they move to something different. Mm. And so if that, that first uh, rotation isn't one that uh, appeals to you, you don't only have to wait 15 minutes and you're going to go somewhere else and it's something that is appealing to you. And so they have lessons that's 
puzzles that go along with it so they can get active in, 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 in writing and doing uh, things that are fun. There's games, active games, thinking games. There's videos. In, in fact, uh, associated with our lessons, we have scoured all through media to find children-relatable videos mm-hmm. that are tagged to each one of the lessons. So we've got probably, uh, in those lessons, references to over 2,000 different uh, movies or short videos that are available to people online. Or So if you want to show a video to, to support and reinforce your lesson, I tell you where to go and what video to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the idea, again, is touch on all the learning methods and touch, uh, also touch on all the different teaching styles that teachers can use to be able to teach those kids. So it's, it's called again, uh, Journey Through God's Word, and it's a full curriculum. That's amazing, but you have quite a few other books. So if they wanted to take a look at your catalog, where can they go to purchase um, your writing? Where can they purchase your books from? Well, the first thing I, I would tell people to do is, uh, if you're on Facebook, go to, uh, it's just called Charles Babers Author Page. It's my Facebook page. And there I highlight all the things that I'm writing. That's the first first place you'll find out about my next book that's coming out more recently. And so I'm getting ready to to post something there in the next couple of days for the the book I'm working on now. But uh, Charles Babers at C-H-A-R-L-E-S, B-A-B-E-R-S, author, on Facebook. If you go there, you'll find me. And then... uh, I use a publisher called Lulu, L-U-L-U. So if you uh, go to lulu.com and then you type in my name, Charles Babers, it'll bring up a list of all the books that I have. But you can also uh, go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your favorite uh, online bookseller. And again, just type in my name and you'll see uh, my books there as well. Beautiful. Babers, B-A-B-E-R-S, Dr. Charles Babers. Um, So again, go to lulu.com. You can purchase his books. You can purchase them in um, either paperback or PDF uh, form. Um, You can go to his author page on Facebook, um, as well as your favorite book vendor, Barnes and Nobles, and whoever, and type his name in, and there are books there. Um, I think it's amazing. This should be a great resource to um, churches and people that are in youth ministry um, to be able to teach God's Word in a and have a full curriculum, something that's uh, really deep and um, entailed, but then also keeps the attention of youth and does it in a way that they can understand but increases their learning. So I think that's amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Charles Babers. What else do you have going on? You have anything else going on? Well, that's the big thing that I'm doing right now is writing. Uh, my objective is to get through, well, um, we've only talked about the children's books, but on the uh, adult side, on the adult I'm, side. I'm trying to get through as well, going through all 66 books uh, and doing essentially an exposition uh, or you might want to call it a, uh, a commentary on essentially every verse of the Bible. Uh, 
So I've already worked my way through Genesis, worked my way through the Gospels. I'm finishing up this week on Revelation. That's a really interesting one. Um, Wow. uh, The next one I'll work on is Exodus, and then probably the book of Daniel. But the pattern here is I'm focusing right now on kind of the end time stuff. Right. Daniel and the book of uh, Revelation. Revelation. That would be interesting. So my objective, though, in all of that is I want to be able to start offering uh, online classes for people to use those uh, reference materials and uh, get uh, take some online courses, essentially uh, a, a Bible college online. That's where I want to be in the next two to three years. So keep watching out for that, and uh, Absolutely. hopefully there'll be something there for everybody to be able to to grab on to. Amen. I thank you so much for your time um, that you've given us this evening. Please do check out Dr. Charles Babers, B-A-B-E-R-S. Check him out. Check out his author page on uh, Facebook as well as lulu.com to find um, some of his writings, some for the children and some for the adults as well. And keep an eye out for him and hopefully uh, very soon. Um, we will be able to um, share the information about the online school. Um, I really love that. You're all about education, and I know it's very important um, and near and dear to you. I want to thank you again so much for um, your time um, and uh, agreeing to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, some other topics that are um, not necessarily uh, what God's Word intended it to be, but it was our misinterpretation of God's word that has brought us into the place where we are right now. So in any case, amen, I want to thank each and every one of you for watching people that tapped in and um, maybe came out and came back in, or maybe you're going to catch a rebroadcast of this show, or you're going to catch us out on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube page, Boss Up Houston uh, YouTube page, as well as Boss Up Houston Facebook page. We I thank you um, every week for coming on and joining me. For those that maybe have never seen me before, hi, good evening. My name is Trisha Kyle and uh, we can't wait to have you. This is Take the Limits Off. Again, my name is Trisha Kyle and this is where we hopefully, our entire goal is just to inspire and encourage and hopefully empower you to take the limits off of God. You know, we have a way of putting God in a box and I got to tell you that God is an unlimited. He's much bigger than that box that we keep trying to put him in. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could experience that and take the limits off of God and take the limits, allow God to take the, some of these limits off of us as well. And we know in, in order to do that, we've got to change our thoughts, our beliefs, and then we change our actions. So again, join us every single Friday at 8 p.m. We went a little long today and um, missed our time slot a little bit. But again, I thank you for your viewership. Thank you for your support. Listen, if you're interested in some content, don't forget to Facebook me. My name is Trisha Kyle. Trisha Kyle Ministries on Facebook. You can reach in to me, uh, reach out, not reach in. You can reach out to me on and message me if there's something that you're maybe interested in taking um, and digging into. If there's a topic that maybe is near and dear to your heart. Also, if you would like to support um, Take the Limits Off, 
Trisha Kyle. Um, and make sure you get in contact with me if you're interested in maybe running some commercials or something like that, or you'd like to come on to the show yourself. Make sure that you reach out to me again, Trisha Kyle Ministries or Trisha Kyle Facebook page. Um, I look forward to seeing you next Friday. Man, we serve an amazing God. Don't you think that it's time that we take the limits off? God bless you, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. There are three ways to stop limiting God and yourself. Change your thoughts, change your beliefs, and change your actions. I'm inviting you here on Take the Limits Off Friday evenings at 8 p.m. right here on Boss Up Houston Network. We serve an unlimited God. Don't you think it's time we take the limits off?